Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, we're going to have Gina Sansevero and Jason Taylor. We're going to be talking about globalized, globalized integrators, AV, how this responds to educational, educational bids, as well as the new features of Dante, all this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 76, Globalization, AV, and Education. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. This month, I am joined by Gina Sansevero from Atlas IED. How are you, Gina? I'm doing very well, Bill. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. And as well from Drexel, we have uh, Jason Taylor. How are you, sir? I'm fairly well. Uh, the air conditioning seems to not be working so well today in the building, but ah, I'll get so through there it. You, there you have it, folks. We're already on a timer. The moment the sun goes up, <laughs> we're going to gonna start turning into a convection oven for him. Um, <laughs> first and foremost, uh, it is almost, uh, um, for us, it is... <sighs> As I put it, it's the summer's almost coming to an end. And if you're in education, this honestly feels like the Sunday uh, before, before uh, the school week starts and everything. So uh, for a lot of us, uh, we're probably wrapping up projects. Or if you're like me, who is currently in the midst of trying to get a dorm finished. So that's always fun times. Um, in any event, the first uh, quick thing I'll ask, at least uh, with Jason, with you guys, um, are you guys, uh, I was going to say, how are the projects wrapping up with uh, you guys at Drexel right now? Um, okay. We're still kind of slow going on, on bigger projects. And uh, I think that I've convinced people that the big, big project mm -hmm. is not going to happen in, until winter. So that's mm -hmm. sort of a step back hurdle, I guess. I don't know mm -hmm. how you... Okay. Does well, that then, include right. any classrooms? Classrooms are a lot of the smaller classrooms we do in-house, so that's not really an issue. Um, this particular project is a very large forward-facing lecture hall that also has uh, significant lighting issues. And so I'm actually in a weird position where I'm, I'm the, the AV guy, but I'm more advocating for the lighting situation and letting other people take care of the AV side of it because I'm more concerned about the lighting. <laughs> Now, uh, here's the other question I have for you on this one, and that is, um, as you're saying, like letting other folks take care of it, would this be more of contract this out to another company, or would this be one of those just, well, eventually we'll get to it kind of thing? Well, it's, I guess it's a little bit of both of those, because here we have, like, my AV uh, domain is classrooms, general use classrooms. And then there's event services and they're, you know, they'll use that room as well for, for large events. So they get their say. And then Rob's group VCAP also will use the room for video conferencing and, you know, recording, you know, big lectures and stuff. So they have their say. So I kind of let those two groups uh, battle it out on the AV side, because really when it comes down to it, all I need is a place to plug in a laptop and, you know, to get it up on the projector and a, and a functional microphone. Mm -hmm. So all of the all of the bells and whistles don't really concern me. <laughs> um, so the reason I ask that, and this actually gets into um, our first article of the day, 
uh, which comes to us via commercial integrator um, and which it talks about the global demand for AV. Now, how this relates back to everything with this one is uh, when it comes to uh, contracting out or, you know, doing stuff out of house, because, you know, there's been multiple talks on, on this podcast about whether or not you do stuff in house or whether you do it out of, you know, contracted out and everything. Um, there is this turn in which, you know, if you, you know, if you haven't seen it and everything, um, you now have two of the, uh, you know, there's, we're starting to get more of the larger, um, uh, the larger AV companies all kind of merging together. Uh, you know, if you haven't been around, uh, AVI SPL and, uh, diversified have kind of become the two local, you know, kind of behemoths in the, uh, in the realm. And the thing is, and I've kind of noticed this. Uh, it, when we go to bid out certain projects and everything, in in our case, it was uh, we did we did a renovations on two buildings, and it was about twenty four classrooms, which you know, in the time given and everything, uh, would take us forever. So we contracted it out, and you laugh, but it's one of those. You know, there are certain things. <laughs> oh, no, where, I know. I feel your pain. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's, in this case, it's uh, you know, could we do it ourselves? Yes. Do I have my electrician's A card? Not a chance. Right. So, um, so when we go to contract these things out, um, it, it is kind of interesting to note who responds, uh, how they respond and who specifically bids on it. For us, it's been a number of local, uh, competitors, uh, local integrators. Uh, and then every now and then, you know, we get, we get one or two from either diversified or, uh, AVI SPL, which. I found out an interesting thing. It's almost like they're almost like a more like a McDonald's franchise in that, you know, there's the AVI SPL office that's in New York and then there's the AVI SPL office in Philly. And only once did I ever see that, like, you know, all of a sudden I got two bids from AVI SPL and I went, uh, and I'm like, oh, it's two different offices. All right. This one makes sense. And two different prices. Yes. <laughs> it was, that's and, interesting. Uh, for for to to make life easier on both of them, um, not all of them had all their legality paperwork uh, filled out. So it was one of those just, ooh, a for effort. Um, <laughs> so much. But, um, it, it listen. Once again, the folks you know mean very well and they try very hard and everything else. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say like you know they they didn't like you know follow through. It was just. State, state contract paperwork can be a pain, and that's all I'm going to say about it. So, Jason, on your side, um, how do you guys tend to view it? Do you see, you know, more regional um, integrators? Do you see the mom-and-pop shops? And, you know, kind of going from there, like, you know, who tends to be, you know, how do you factor it all out? Um, we definitely see both uh, smaller, smaller companies and, and, you know, larger, you know, global-type companies. Um, in my experience, the local companies are more hungry. They tend to respond faster. And when it comes down to the bottom line, they tend to have lower bids. Mm -hmm. So we often will go with the, the smaller local companies pretty much for that reason. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I kind of hate to say it, but Drexel is very often like, oh, we just go straight for the low bid without any, you know, and that's actually, that's bit us before so i try not to <laughs> let that happen too much but uh, honestly the small company that we've been uh doing installations lately they're great they you know they get back to me faster than anybody else mm -hmm. uh, you know i i have the do you, the do you, do you ever have any like major pushback or anything no no i mean again because they're they're the the low bidders so mm -hmm. you know everybody loves them 
So but with I the definitely... consolidation of all of these integrators in the industry, do you find that it's going to be harder and harder for you to maintain that relationship with the smaller companies? I don't think so. I, I think there's going to be a place for them. Um, I think if we had a more global presence, it would be more of an issue or if we needed to do more stuff overseas or even, you know, on a larger national scale, it would come into play. But um, yeah, so far it's, it's been, the local guys are winning for me. So on, on our end, it's the same, same kind of deal. The local folks have been very quick to uh, respond and uh, only once or twice have we ever had like uh, some folks where they, they looked at the contract clause and they said, oh, but what about this? And I'm going, if you guys are, I, you know, there, there are certain things where we ask for like, you know, DM certifications and HD base T certifications. And um, I'll just keep it to this. When, when a company, uh, you know, gripes about an HD base T certification, it tends to put up a red flag for me. But um, in general, like most of the times they've, you know, we've developed a relationship enough where it's like, Oh yeah, no guys, you need to have this, this, and this. They go, Oh, all right. No problem. And they follow through. No, no, no qualms. And for them, it is, I'm not going to ever say that like, you know, Oh, William Patterson. No, we're like, you know, a big powerhouse when it comes to, you know, buying AV or anything like that. No, believe me. I listen right up to like, you know, a couple towns up from me is uh, you know, where KPMG has a lot of their uh, consolidated ops. Believe me, they will drop far more money in probably one week than I'll probably do in a year. So, of course, yeah, you know, the bigger, the bigger fish are going to go after that and the bigger integrators. But it's not to say that, that we don't matter. Um, you know, if you, if you look at the statistics and everything, um, the, the, the amount of money that gets poured into higher, higher ed AV uh, has been growing steadily year by year and everything. At the same time, if you also look at it, some of the schools are also going overseas. So, it kind of goes yeah. That, one. that aside, um, Gina, the other thing I'm going to ask you from a uh, manufacturer's perspective, by the way, if you're not familiar, Gina is the, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Gina, it's VP of Marketing and Communications. Yep. And Corporate Communications. Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. Uh, over at Atlas IED. So uh, it's one of the, as I say, and how long have you been over there now? Nine months. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so if you're not familiar, um, Atlas does a wide range of products. Um, as of late, I know their big push has been going into more of the uh, communication, net mass, like, you know, mass notification, things like that, um, a lot of odds and ends. But that aside, uh, I'm going to ask, when it comes to some of the uh, larger manufacturers and larger integrators and things like that, have you noticed that there's a trend of them kind of going, yeah, we want like a whole turnkey solution or um, is it just one of those, you know, they're all kind of, they're, they're all the, the bigger fish are growing up. They're just kind of growing kind of deal. Um, so for sure, from, from manufacturer standpoint, there's a number of challenges that come with integrators becoming global integrators mm -hmm. um, very often schools, uh, and, and you guys probably know this just from, from your dealings, um, schools that have remote locations, um, especially overseas, still want to have some sort of say in the standards that are going into the buildings over there, so that if there is any opportunity for remote monitoring and troubleshooting, um, you have that. Well, overseas, very often there are different um, certifications 
for mm -hmm. your products that are necessary, mm -hmm. whether it's on the electrical certification side or, um, you know, their UL um, mm -hmm. isn't called UL. Uh, they have different uh, requirements for life safety products and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So it does pose a little bit of a challenge when you're trying to address a global integrator, um, but creating, but helping them to create standards. So we definitely have to work a little bit harder at getting the certifications globally that we, that are required of our products to make mm -hmm. sure that um, we can address those needs. From oh, you, mean, a, you mean you don't put everything in a in a uh, EU junction box and just call it just call it close <laughs> enough and have fun? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. That is one. That is one thing I, I have. Like you know, if if you go overseas, kind of thing. Um, depending on the country, once again, there are some times where you look and you 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 kind of become grateful of things. Uh, mine was U.S. Building Code, um, <laughs> mostly because uh, in certain cases. The uh, the junction boxes, you know, are it, it tends to be a lot more standardized in the EU market. And for us, we tend to look at that and go, "That's a two gang, that's a two gang box." They're like, yeah, no, for us, it's just a single gang. Here you go, and uh, you know, God help, God help you if we start getting into the metric versus imperial. But yeah. <laughs> but all of that um, absolutely plays a part, right? I mean, mm -hmm. their ceiling tiles are different size, and so when we are talking about creating um, speakers that go into a one by two ceiling tile or a two by two ceiling tile mm, that doesn't work over there. So little <laughs> things like that have to be re-engineered. And and believe me, our engineers are fantastic at it. They know when they're during the product development phase um, if we're going to address to to market this as a global product that they need to address these things. But heck yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you don't think about. Yeah. Um, it is, it's, it's one of those things of it's, is globalization happening? Yes. Um, in the sum up of it, uh, it all just kind of depends on how you, it, for me, I view it as how do you actually do the relationship management? Because, you know, once again, uh, literally I'm probably about like maybe half an hour down the way from diversified systems. Mm -hmm. However, they have, um, uh, they have done some stuff at the school. And um, I'll just keep it to that. And um, we tend to stick with the local integrators for various reasons because of that. Anyways. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, once again, it, it all depends on who you're comfortable with. If you're, say, you know, uh, I'm going to say like uh, uh, NYU or something like that. Um, yeah. If, if that's the case, as I say, it probably makes more sense that, you know, you have someone like diversified or uh, Whitlock or something like that. Why? Because they can get folks who are going to take care of, you know, your Abu Dhabi office or your, or, or, you know, your satellite campus in Doha or something like that. Uh, because yes, they have folks who can go out there or at least they have partnerships or, you know, the franchise or something like that. It's, it's, it's one of those, how big of a scale are you looking at? That's, that's my little bit on that one. Um, moving on. The uh, next article we have is uh, from comes to us from actually through through AV Nation ourselves, but uh, it's specifically it's about Audinate and uh, how they released uh, the Dante AV module, which uh, if you look at it and if you've been watching uh, how um, Dante has been kind of expanding and growing and everything like that, uh, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an interesting expansion, um, specifically. Uh, before it used to be, 
Uh, oh yeah, you have you know you have your uh, Dante expansion bus, and you know most of your DSPs can handle that. No problem. Here you go. You know they, they've they've kind of a lot of them have kind of moved over from the proprietary expansion bus to uh, Dante and everything. Uh, but now with this one, it's um, you know they're really starting to get into the realm of uh, adding a you know as they put it you know oh AV over IP, and now this one also adds in telephony. So. It's one of those things, and I'll just, you know, we'll go back and forth on the manufacturer and, and the end user here. Um, Jason, I mean, I'll ask you, um, first and foremost, um, how much actual audio conferencing do you guys do? I'm sure Rob and his guys do a fair, a fair share and everything, but the bigger question is, are they going to look at that and go, uh-huh, and we already have our own hardware with this, or is it one of those they'll look and say, oh, that's interesting. So I'm just, you know, getting the end user perspective on this one first. Uh, th this would definitely be a better question for Rob because I do very little video conferencing. But yeah, I, I would say, um, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, why hasn't this already happened? It seems like a, like a no-brainer. It's like this. It's. I don't feel like it's something to be bragging about right now. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, no, like it's, it's a, a a thing that's out there already. Um, but, but you know it's no it's fine it's one of those things where i i look at it and this is just you know we're gonna throw spaghetti against the wall here and everything um i'm kind of curious as to whether or not this is this is gonna be one of those things like down the line whether or not you're gonna have to do more um if this is gonna be a new chipset or if this is just simply more software integration my money says it's a new it's you know it, it'll probably eventually end up being a new chipset and everything um but you know, it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, how this all kind of hodgepodge is together. Um, cool. Uh, I, I would definitely say, no, 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 it's, it's think of it this way. Um, if you have someone who's, you know, who actually understands how Dante domain manager works and everything, and they're actually pretty good at, at uh, DSP programming. Okay. It's another tool in the arsenal and everything. Yeah. Um, the downside of it that I can see and you know, once again, this is on, on the end user side. I look at this as cool. We can do this. And Jason, I'll uh, you know, I'll throw this to you. I'll ask you this because you know, I I look at it and go great, and then I realize oh, the implementation of this. Say hypothetically, you could go and say, hey, we can actually put audio conferencing in just about every classroom that we have Dante in. My brain would go cool. The other part right. of my brain would then suddenly go and say, wait a minute, how do we make sure so that, we, you know, you don't get robocalls and everyone starts, you know, kind of going, you know, what, you know, I'm getting random, I'm getting random calls in the middle of my office, middle of my class. How do we get this to stop? And, and that, that's the problem is, you know, I'm not really the end user. You know, the, the professor in the classroom is the end user. And yeah. is that person going to be able to, you know, facilitate the whole Dante situation in the room? And if there is a problem, like you're saying, you know, they're not going to necessarily be able to fix that on their own. No, the other, the other end I'll also say is this, um, and it's really more of one of those, how do you present it to, and this is the, the other thing I'm going to, like, you know, it kind of comes up is that's cool. How do you actually implement this? Right. And that, yeah. you know, when, and you know what, I'll, I'll actually, this is where I'll actually go with you on this. When, you know, Jason, when you have a new product or a new uh, implement, like a new you know, say there's something where it's like, oh, look here, we actually have gone and, and uh, made it where you can actually access the touch panel on the computer screen. Um, like some, you know, some schools do this. Uh, at Rutgers, they have, you know, they have a Python programmer who, you know, they have a, a, a touch, they actually have a touch monitor 
and you can control the whole room off the PC and everything. Cool. Um, the bigger question I have is then, you know, how do you actually get folks to adopt this and this and that? Um, it's one of those, like, this is a new feature. Okay. So Jason, like how often do you guys tend to update, you know, the faculty about, about new products or is it more of you, you guys are more on like the maintenance end? Yeah, we're more on the maintenance end and, and, um, I'm very hesitant to go too deep into, uh, new features because mm -hmm. honestly, I find a lot of professors aren't interested. You know, we had a, we had a, uh, a Samsung flip demo here for a little while. And I, there was a professor in the classroom using the whiteboard. And after her class, I was like, hey, can I show you how to use this, you know, this flip? It's, it's very similar to the whiteboard. It's just as reactive. It's, you know, it has a lot of extra features. And she just kind of looked at me. He's like, I like using the whiteboard. And I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, like I, yeah. I, can't, I can't force technology on people. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things of, once again, it's, and by no means am I like throwing cold water on this or anything. It's... Some of the stuff is very cool, and I will admit up front, I think it's great, um, but it's how you, it's, I think it's one of those things where it's, it is a, kind of a responsibility on us as far as how do we view this and how is this advantageous to us yeah. because, you know what, perfect example is this. Um, we actually just recently, we were dealing with some folks with uh, our, our hospitality people and everything, and they had gotten a solstice pod. Which, you know, if you've played around with collaboration pods and everything, and collaboration hardware, collaboration software, what have you, it's very cool. Well, these guys had gone and just bought it, and the integrator never bothered to contact us about it. And so when they tried to hook, they tried to hook everything up, um, they just they didn't bother to hook it up to our network. They just went and used the wireless, they just, you know, used the pod as its own wireless access point, and that's it. And everyone went, oh, this thing sucks. And I went, guys, you do realize, like, if you talk with us and work with us, like, we can get it put on the network. You can get all the wireless access. And you don't have to, you know, be isolated to just yourself. And I went, oh. And oh. then you realized, like, wait a minute, I can do a presentation off my iPad? I'm like, yeah. They're like, we can walk around and do this, and I can still check my email? I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the oh, point. So it's, once again, this is one of those, those bits of, it's, it's an interesting new feature with Dante. Uh, do I think it's cool? Yes. Do I think it definitely needs a little bit more integration? And by that, I mean, you know, it, it'll be cool once I actually go and say, you know, you have the software dialer. Like once you can have someone do that remotely, uh, I can see folks like, you know, with Rob's group, Rob's group going, Oh yeah, cool. Oh, we can bring someone in via this. That's cool. Um, is it is it a, a new? I, I guess I'm still trying to wrap my head around it a bit. Um, huh? And obviously, manufacturers have to adopt it for it to even get to the point where you're going to be using it. But is it is it allowing for s new features that will absolutely change the interface for the end user, for the professor, for the faculty, for the staff? Um, or is this just a piece of a puzzle that's going to make your life easier as I, I a designer installer and I, I think it's on the installer I think it's on the installer and that's um, kind of what I'm thinking so this might yeah. not even affect the feature benefit that your your end user would see yeah right. uh, it, it's it, it, yeah and that's the that's the other thing too Jane is that um, and I'll just 
ask this as a general question. Um, as a manufacturer, when you guys see like, you know, open standards like this and everything, do you guys go, okay, cool. Or is it really more of you tend to look at like, for example, um, you know, if you look at clear one or you look at BSS or a couple other ones, I know these are all like taboo forbidden words. Um, <laughs> but they all have their own expansion kind of proprietary expansion bus. Um, as a manufacturer, when you guys look at like, is it more open standards or th makes things easier or is it more along the lines of, uh, you know, it's easier if we just do our own proprietary stuff and, oh, you want to do this too? Oh, well here, we'll shift things over. Um, I don't think it's about ease. Uh, what we look at is how does this fit into our long-term product development strategy and mm -hmm. where we want to take the company. Mm -hmm. And so we develop those products and whether it's software or hardware based on our, our strategy, whether it's, you know, the three year, five year, 10 year strategy, we are, we are moving in a direction. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we make a decision about what, what we're going to use, what we're going to develop. Now mm -hmm. from, from a strategy standpoint, um, Atlas is very big on right now, um, very big on non-proprietary on, um, kind of open architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, we do play nice with others so that we are able to, um, we're a full systems solution provider, right? We do audio communications from mm -hmm. endpoint to head end and everything in between. However, if you don't want to use an Atlas product for a specific part of that system, we're okay with that. And so we'll make it easier for you to be able to include our product and somebody else's product and have it speak nicely to each other. And mm -hmm. that's part of our strategy, part of our values, actually. Um, as a company, we just revised our values. And one of the values that we have is making our, our customers' lives easier. Mm -hmm. So we want to be that company that allows somebody to say, oh, gosh, that was so easy. Thanks so much. <laughs> See, and that's that is one of those things where it is kind of a change. Like, if you look at certain manufacturers, and Jason, you know, you and I can both look at this on our end. Um, without going into specific details, certain manufacturers do tend from time to time kind of go, okay, what will it take for you to make this all our playground? And they always try to make like a sweetheart deal and everything. Um, but as I've said in the past, then you know, Gina's probably heard me say this a billion times, so one more is not going to kill you. Uh, there are certain, like every manufacturer has a product where you look and you go and say, oh yeah, that thing was bulletproof. That was like, that was, you know, that was, the, that was awesome. And there's some other stuff where you look and you go, that needs to go back into the lab. <laughs> that one, like, you know, that, that's true. Listen, it, it you know. It, it happens it, to everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I say, believe me, Every now and then there's been some stuff where I initially said, this is, this is awesome. And then after actual implementation and use, I went, well, I was smoking crack. <laughs> <laughs> or theoretically, this was supposed to be awesome. Yeah. In yeah. practice, not so I, much. <laughs> legend. <laughs> um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's good to see though, from at least from a manufacturer standpoint of like here, like, you know, we all do our things. We, you know, but being able to kind of, be more open on the interoperability scale is is uh, a bit I think what's best for everyone yeah anyways um, that's about all the time we have Gina where can the fine folks find you at 
Um, I am on Twitter at Gina Sands or mm -hmm. at Atlas underscore IED um, or Gina.Sansevero at AtlasIED.com. Come and find me. Fair enough. Jason, where can the fine folks find you at? Uh, as always, Drexel.edu. And I'm also back on Twitter at Jason, G-A-E-S-O-N. Oh, there you go. Uh, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, that's about it. I try to tend to limit my uh, <laughs> my, my my Twitter following. Anyway, <laughs> that has been it. Uh, once again, uh, this is EdTech, part of the AV Nation podcast family. I, we will see you guys all next week. Once again, this is EdTech.